0: There's so many things I'd like to share, but in spirit, it's definitely a direction that I need to go. But I might cover one thing at the end if I have time. <clears throat> so, as I've shared in the past, when I was younger as a child five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever I used to be taken out of body quite a bit and, and go to class at night on the inner levels. And when I say the inner levels, it's the higher realms of the physical as well as into the realm of soul. And in those classes, I would learn a lot of different things, all about spirit, all about soul, all about soul liberation, all about how to live as a soul in this this world of separation and duality. And at one point in my education, I would go to this one class every so often and the teacher would give us a word. And then we were to contemplate the word, meditate upon the word, concentrate upon the word for an entire month, and then come back and share with the teacher what we had learned about that word. It was through concentration, contemplation, and meditation then that my own inner experiences became awake and alive and I gained clarity and understanding around a lot of the spiritual principles by which we're to live our life. So I've shared with you a word which was judgment, which the way that they taught it in spirit was judge me not. Do not judge yourself. Let go of all those judgments that you place on yourself. Let go of all those judgments then that you place on others as well. But the major point of the class that I attended that day was judge me not, judgment. The second word was responsibility. Take responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. Take responsibility for your life and live in an action of responsibility each day and each breath of each day. And the third word, which I'm going to share with you now, is action. Action is a very, very key point in this spiritual journey. How many of us live in reaction? Well, when we're in spirit, When we're in our soul, when we are living in the realms of spirit, we live in oneness. There is no duality, there is only oneness. And so there's only action, there is not reaction. There's only action that the soul is taking every moment of every, well you can't say day because there's no day there, (laughs) but at every moment. We are ever in action in God's loving, we are ever in action in God's awareness, we are ever uh, in action with God's creativity, and we are a part of that action that God is expressing of God's self. And in spirit, it's easy to be in action because it is a natural rhythm and flow and movement of our soul and of God's loving. But when we come down into these creations in the lower realms that are separate from God, we go into a place of duality. And when the energy and consciousness of action comes into duality, it splits just like everything else splits. We have up and down. We have right and wrong. We have so many different qualities of duality. And so it is with action The other side of action and duality is reaction. And reaction creates greater separation, where action can bring us more and more into that flow of the oneness within ourselves. So how many times a day do you catch yourself in reaction? How many times a day are you living in and out of reaction? For many of us, it's a lot, because that's how we were raised. We may have been raised in families that were constantly in reaction with each other. And what happens when there's a reaction? You want to protect yourself. You want to defend yourself. You want to attack others. You want to prove a point, whatever it might be. Look and see what you do with reaction and see if reaction takes you more into that place of loving, into that place of spirit, or does it take you further away? I'm not going to answer that because I think it's pretty obvious, but you may have a different answer than I do, and I would rather you find your own answer. And see how you want to pursue living in action or in reaction. Action truly is a movement of the divinity within you, of being ever active and in oneness with that flow of the divine within yourself. To be in that movement of loving. And that's the important factor here, that we as souls are ever looking for that loving that oneness, that harmony, that expression, that peace, that movement of liberation. Action can lead us into freedom where reaction creates a greater bond into separation and bondage. Bondage into this creation bondage into this realm of separation from the truth. Action will take you into the truth itself. So begin to pay attention in your daily life. Where are you taking action in your life? And where are you going into reaction? And you would think it's very obvious. You would think it's very obvious. But you'll be surprised if you really begin to pay attention how many times a day you're living in reaction. You're moving in reaction. You're letting other people's reactions stimulate your reaction. And you might even take rejoice in how you can go into reaction and cause everybody else to go into reaction. Wow, that feels good. I got them right where I want them in the same pain and separation from the self that I'm in. Now we're all in it together. That makes me feel so much better. Well, there are people that do that every day. And how many times a day do you live in action? Do you choose to be in action? Do you take action in your daily life? Well, taking action has a great movement of spirit within it and it takes us on to the avenue where responsibility and judgment reside. When you're taking action, you're not going to be in judgment. When you're taking action, you are going to take responsibility. You're going to take responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings your reactions and your reactions, just like we talk about so much here. And that's really important, to take responsibility for ourselves and what we do with our own beingness. We are a soul. We are a child of God. We are that living, loving essence of God in this creation. And in all of creation, we are that living, loving essence of God. And it is for us, to stop, to pay attention, to wake up to that truth, and to begin to live that truth on a daily basis. And one of the things that truly shows and demonstrates the quality of the soul is taking action. Loving is an action. Forgiveness is an action. Responsibility is an action. Ex- Moving into your life and being creative, productive, is an action. Being caring and reaching out and being empathetic, not sympathetic, but empathetic with others, is an action of the soul. And when we can begin to live in that quality of action, of the truth of who we really are as the living, loving essence of God we truly begin to move in a very different way in our life. We find peace. We find joy. We find a harmony inside of ourselves. And we find so much more. But when we live in reaction, those qualities sort of go out the window. And we live in a very different space, in a very different way. And I think most of us all know what reaction really feels like. We know it when other people react to us and we know it when we react to others. Why not now begin to really look and pay attention and take responsibility and find a way to let go of the reactions and move more in action. Action can be as simple as listening to someone and giving them a chance to talk and to share and to say their truth without yourself going into reaction and all of a sudden starting to create a conversation inside yourself of what you've got to tell them because they're wrong. Why not let them be in that wrongness that you're claiming for them and let them find out for themselves what is their truth? rather than you trying to dictate to them their truth? Why not just be an action of listening and accepting and allowing? And if someone comes up and says, here's what's going on for me, and they say nothing more than just share that with what's going on for them, listen. But if they also indicate in that And do you have any understanding that maybe I don't have or could you give me clarity or what would you do in this if it was you? Then share with them your truth. That's an action. That's not a reaction because they are inviting the conversation. And don't share from your confusion or your reaction to what they have said But rather go into your own truth and your own loving and your own experience of what they're saying and how you have handled or taken action in that experience. And if you don't have a reference for that, then be truthful and say, you know, that's a good question and I don't have an answer for that myself. So if you find out one, let me know what you find out. And if I find out one, I'll let you know. But until then, we'll just kind of walk down the road together and figure this out. So a key for action is paying attention. Paying attention to your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your reactions, the words that you speak, the words that you think, and what you feel like in all of that. What are the feelings that come up with all of that action and reaction and responsibility. We often move in feelings more so than in thoughts. We'll hide, we'll defend, we'll run away, we'll move into fear and we will live in reaction if our feelings are disturbed stirred, and we don't know what to do with them. We don't understand them. There's no clarity about them. But if you begin to take action in your thoughts and in your feelings, you can begin to regroup and redirect the flow of that energy, of that consciousness, of that expression within yourself. And all of a sudden... You get a thought for every feeling and a feeling for every thought. And everything starts to come together and move together and flow together. And that's a key to inner healing. Is to have a thought and a feeling that is harmonized in harmony with each other. So many times we are torn apart because our feelings don't match our thoughts. Or our thoughts don't match our feelings. Because we've been given misdefinition of these qualities in our life over time. Our parents teach us how to react in our feeling level to certain situations, to certain words, or how to think in that, those same kind of situations. I'll give you an example. When I was about six, seven years old, we were going somewhere I have no idea now where, but I had to get all cleaned up and dressed up and ready to go to whatever this was going to be. And so my mom got me all cleaned up and dressed up, and, and I was ready, and I was waiting for them to get ready and come on out to the car, and we would go. And so my mom said... Now don't go out and get dirty, don't go play because we've got to stay clean now and it's going to take mom, you know, me and dad to, a little longer to get ready to go. So for a while I sat around in the living room and waited and waited and then somebody came up to the door and wanted me to come outside so I did. And you know what the rest of the story was? <laughs> I wasn't exactly clean when, I f- when my parents came out the door. And I was feeling great about myself. I, I didn't feel dirty or like, you know, I can't go somewhere now. This is just who I am, and here I am. But my mom got mad at me. My dad was upset. Now we have to get you cleaned up again. And it went on and on and on. And even while they were cleaning me up, I kept hearing about it, yet I had this feeling like, wow, it feels so good just to be able to go out and play. It doesn't matter if I get soil on my clothes or not. I'm having fun. But now in my mind, it was like, oh, gosh, if you get anything on your clothes, wrong. You can't have any dirt on your clothes. You can't have a spot. You can't have a stain. Oh, you got to go change clothes now. Well, I cannot tell you how many times in my life as I was growing up that was really true until I went back to the seed of my actions and my reactions, my thoughts and my feelings and where it got out of balance. And I had to bring that all into balance once again so that I could be okay if I had a stain on my shirt or on my pants, I had a mud stain or a little dirt or something. But I can't tell you how many times I would go and I would change clothes and I I would be standing there changing my shirt or changing some pants because I had gotten something on them and I couldn't go out in public because I had something on my clothes. And I kept wondering, why the hell do I do this? You know, it was like this energy just ran me. And I couldn't control it. It was like, there was no way I was gonna get in my car and go somewhere when I had this on my clothes. I had to go change. And yet at the same time I'm going, where in blazes did I get this? Why is this in me so, it was just a deep running energy. So I remember sitting down one day, and I actually missed an event because of this. I sat down one day, and I said, I'm not going to go anywhere until I find out what this is about. And I went into meditation, just like I do with so many things. I went into meditation, and I just went inside and began to search for the source of this disturbance, for the source of imbalance, because I want to live in harmony. I want to live in oneness. I want to live in action, and this was a reaction, and I knew it. So I sat there and I sat there and I sat there and I did just what I had learned. Concentration, one point of concentration, contemplation and then meditation. And as I began to do that I went inside and I began to go into the energy itself. And I could feel it and I could see it. I couldn't figure out where it started but I knew I was on the right track because I could just feel this flow and this movement of reaction carrying me along. Until I came to that point in my life where my mom was yelling at me, get back in the house and let's get you cleaned up. We've gotta get going here. And I can remember those words so well. And all of a sudden, I had the answer. I had the solution. And I had to go inside and I forgave her for yelling at me at that moment, but also I forgave her for putting on me this energy of right and wrong about having something on my clothes, and therefore I can't go out in public. Loving, accepting, and forgiving is a big key factor in all this. And when I forgave her, the energy began to break apart. And all of a sudden, everything began to come into alignment once again within myself. And my thoughts and my feelings matched. And I could move in a different way in my life than I was before. That's what I'm talking about. Take action. Take action if it means just sitting down and going inside and finding the truth of something within yourself the why, the how, the when, the where, the what, or whatever it might be, so that you can really live the truth of who you really are and not live according to the definitions that the world has put on you. And taking action is the key factor in this alignment, in this healing, and in this flow of consciousness that is you, the soul, that is the divine living, loving essence of the Lord. Well, God doesn't live in a state of imbalance. God doesn't live in a state of confusion. God doesn't live in a state of reaction, though a lot of us would like to think he does. But he's not in reaction with us. He accepts us just as we are. And he allows us to do just what we're going to do so that we can learn our lessons and as a soul grow into a greater creative being, a greater loving being, living it in awareness and in fullness. And that's what this is all about. So action doesn't seem like a very big word at first, but action is a very key word in the soul's liberation, in the soul's awakening the more we can live in action and let go of the reaction, the more we move into that centered point of oneness, of harmony, of that straight and narrow path that leads us back into the very heart of God. And that's what this pathway is about. It's not about the world. It's not about fulfilling in the world. It's about you as soul and fulfilling yourself as a soul and letting go of this world of separation and illusion, because this really is an illusion. This is a reflective quality. This is like looking in the mirror, and you try to reach into the mirror to grab something, and you can't, because it's not there. It's just a reflection. This is all just a reflection. How many times have you tried to obtain something in the world, inside your life, so that you could be fulfilled. Oh, if I could just get that new car. And then you get that new car and for about two seconds it's like, wow, this is pretty good. But it didn't do what I wanted it to do. Oh shoot, now I've gotta find something else. Reaching out for reflection and trying to bring that reflection to you is never gonna fulfill you. But if you can go inside and find the truth of things, you are going to be fulfilled to the max. You are gonna be living in harmony and peace and oneness. You're gonna be centered and know who you are and know where you're going and know why you're going that way. And you're not gonna be living so much in reaction as in action. And yeah, the world's gonna come up and slap you in the face to see if you will go into reaction. And I would guarantee that you'll probably go into reaction for the first few moments of the sting. But if you're smart, you're gonna catch yourself and you're gonna find that way to go back into action and let go of the reaction. And you'll do it because you know where the reaction's gonna take you, which is in separation and in pain. And you'll take action instead of reaction because you know where that's going to take you to. And that's into peace and harmony and oneness and loving and the knowing of yourself as the spiritual being that you are. So action, not reaction. Judge me not, not judgment. And be responsible for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. So that's the first three words that I received. And there's a lot more to go. So it's going to be fun to, to reveal them little by little, month by month, however it's going to be. So remember those three words this summer. Meditate on them. See how you can begin to live into them in a more dynamic, real way. Consciously, with awareness to what it is you're doing, what it is you're thinking, what it is you're feeling. Why am I doing this? Why am I not doing that? How could I do this differently? Whatever it might be that comes up. And then I'll share one other thing that was coming up while Brian was talking. There's a story in the Bible, in the book of John, and I'm not a Bible verse person, but I do know where this is located because I have studied it over and over and over because I love this story. And it's, it's there's, there's a beautiful story, but then there's another part of the story at the very end of the story that is never shared, that is never talked about, because it is not understood. So we have Jesus standing on a hilltop at the Sea of Galilee, and he has disciples that are coming up to listen to what it is he has to share. And he has others that are not disciples that are also wanting to be with him and to hear what he has to share. He had disciples of the apostles, which were the 12. He had disciples that were closer to him than others, and that was the 70. He had disciples, initiates, on his pathway of sound and light that he was initiating people on that were the 500. And those 500 included the disciples of John the Baptist, who was a spiritual teacher before Jesus. And when John the Baptist died, he turned over his disciples to the new teacher, which was Jesus. That's what the story of the baptism is about. And there's much more to that story than just He was dunked in the water, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. But that's another story. So then we have the 500. And then there's the 5,000 who were the seekers, the ones who wanted to know what was going on. Why were everybody coming and being drawn to him? And why did they uh, themselves, why were they being drawn to him? So he stood there on the mount and began to share with people. And at one point, after a long period of time in sharing, people were getting hungry, and it was time to take a break and have some food, just like we will in a little bit. Before question and answer, we take a break, we have a snack, we have some food, and then we sit back down and do a question and answer. Same way it's always been done. So he had everybody sit down, be quiet, and they were going to pass food amongst them to partake in. Well, they had a few fishes and a few loaves, and they had 5,000 people to feed. And the apostles had been told to go out and gather as much food as they could, but there wasn't... They were not near a village and there was not much food except for the little bit that they had gathered from a couple of sources there. So Jesus blessed it and he said, now pass it among them and let's see how this goes. They passed the bread and the fish amongst them. And at the end, after everybody had taken their share, they still had baskets of food left. Baskets of food. And to many, that was a miracle. And I'm sure it really was. But it's what happened at the end that matters the most for me. So Jesus continued talking. And he said, just as you partook of the fishes and loaves here. There's a greater food that you must partake of. And that is that you must partake of me, your teacher, your spiritual teacher. You must partake of me. You may, you must partake in my words and in my essence, my body and my blood. And you must partake of that in order to truly live the truth that I share with you. Well, for the disciples, they understood. They were initiated and they had been given a greater truth of understanding of the inner pathway and of the sacred name. But for many that were listening, they were going, Is he crazy? We have to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood? Are you kidding me? Well, that was all symbolic. It wasn't real. But in the symbols is a greater truth of the divine essence of God that dwells within each of us. And his disciples, the initiates, they knew that because they had been taught that. But for many in the 5,000, they began to question and there was a rumble in the crowd and many of them stood up and they began to walk away. And Jesus continued talking. But at the end, he and the apostles went back to Capernaum, and as they were walking, Jesus turned to each one of them and said, so are you two going to leave? Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave? And none of them knew how to respond to him until Peter turned to him and said, teacher, (laughs) I'm sorry this is just so sacred to me I wish I I would do that but just all the loving comes in Peter said teacher you have the sacred words you have the name Where are we going to go? And that's the truth. Everything is in the sacred name. Everything is in those secret words. That's the keys to the kingdom. That's the power of the name that allows the soul to begin to awaken within. When you take those names into yourself and hold them here at the seat of the soul, and share your loving with God, and allow God's loving in, that is how your soul becomes liberated. It's through the power of the name and the power of loving. You loving God and God loving you. And that's the story, that's the the greater part of that story, is Jesus asking his apostles, his disciples, are you gonna get up and leave too? and in what Peter shared. Where are you going to go? Yeah, you may get upset with the teacher. You may not understand totally what the teacher is saying. But at the same time, you know at some level that there's a greater truth there waiting for you. Or you have been given a greater truth and it's just up to you to begin to live that truth as best you can. And I'm sure there are a number of you that hear what we say and don't get it at all. It's like, there it goes. But if you listen to it over and over and over, and that's why you make the talks available online, if you listen to it over and over and over, all of a sudden one day you'll hear a talk and you'll go, where did that come from? I've never heard that before. How did they put that statement in there? all of a sudden, it's because finally you're hearing it. It's time now for you to hear it and to begin to live that portion of the truth as well. We know as teachers, it takes time. And I mean, it takes time for you to wake up and to know the greater truth. It takes years sometimes, and that's just fine with me. That's just fine with Brian. So I think it's a little more fine with me than <laughs> Well, I have. <laughs> Someday I'll share with you about patience. That's another word. <laughs> and so we understand it takes time. And so we are ever patient with you to do what we can to ever help you in your awakening, in your growth, in your inner and outer practice, in living your life to the greater good of yourself, of your soul, of your loving. We know it takes time. And it's wonderful when all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, I'm getting it, I understand a little bit more. Or somebody shares an inner experience that they have in meditation or in the dream that it's really about their soul waking up to higher realms, to higher levels, or into the soul realm itself. That's our joy. And it's also your joy when you begin to wake up and understand the teachings at a deeper level. It's interesting that Jesus was only with his disciples for three years He hadn't been teaching as a teacher for more than three years. But he had disciples that knew the truth, that heard the truth. And in their meditations and in their daily life, they woke up more and more to that truth every day. So what's important is that we ourselves hear the words, listen to the words, Get the essence of what is being shared. Not because I'm right and you're wrong, but maybe I do know something. Maybe Brian knows something that your soul is longing to understand. Years ago, when I stood up, I was 18 years old when I started doing this, and I stood up before a group of people in a living room at a home, and I began to share my very first time I shared, in spirit, the Holy Spirit came into me and said, here's the first thing to say. And so I said it. And what that was was, I can't tell you anything you don't already know, but I might begin to help you understand what you have forgotten, to remember what you have forgotten. And that's what we are ever doing. It's just helping you to remember what you as a soul have forgotten. You've looked away from God. You've looked away into the world of separation and duality. And you believe the separation and the duality, and you have forgotten the truth of where it is you really came from, who you really are as a soul, and how to live that essence of the soul once again. And we're just here to constantly remind you and all we do is say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And how many times do I need to say that before you really get it? We say it over and over. Listen to the hundred and some talks online, or however many there are. And listen and see how many times we repeat ourselves from one talk to another. It's a whole bunch of different words, a whole different way of approaching something but it's always the same thing. Loving, accepting, forgiving, taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. Forgive yourself, love yourself. I mean, over and over, it's just the same storyline. This pathway is so simple, and it has just so little to it. And that's the problem. The mind once more. I remember we had, we were giving class one time, and at the end this woman came up and she said, is that it? Where are the rules? Where's the regulations? What do I have to do? And I said, it's about meditation, it's about loving, accepting, and forgiving, and so on and so forth. And she said, but that's not it. I, I need rules. I need to know how to live my life according to certain rules that you give me. If you don't give me rules, I can't live this pathway because there's no rules. And I said, well, then this isn't your pathway. And that's really the truth. We have to go out in the world and experience all these different things in life before we're ready for the simplicity of spirit, for the truth of spirit and the greater truth. And the greater truth is so simple. And the greater truth is about you. It's not about us. It's not about anything in this world. It is about you and that living essence of God, the soul that dwells within you. That's what it's about. And when you're ready, you will be drawn. When you're ready, you will find. And then it's just up to you to make a decision yes or no. Am I ready yet? Do I want this yet? I've had people walk away and go, hell no. You want me to meditate every day? You want me to meditate how long a day? Are you kidding me? I can't even do two and a half minutes, let alone two and a half hours. Are you kidding me? But they stayed. and They don't even know why they stayed. Because it's not what they want to do. But their soul makes them come back. Their soul makes them come back here because this is the truth the soul is longing for. Not the mind, not the motions, not the body, but the soul. When the soul is ready to be liberated and get free of this creation and go back home to spirit, the soul is going to pull you, push you, draw you, drive you to a pathway that will help you to liberate that soul that is you. And you'll sit here and you'll listen to these words and you'll go, what the hell am I doing here? Are you kidding me? Really? You'll come to a, if you get initiated, you'll come to an initiate's retreat and we meditate two and a half hours every morning. And you go, what the hell? I don't do two and a half hours at home, but I can do it here. What's wrong with this? And then when I leave here again, I go back to maybe 45 minutes. That's okay. This isn't about having to do anything a certain way, but this is about laying out a discipline, an action, that you can take in your life so that you can begin to wake up inside. And the moment you begin to wake up inside, you see a little light. You hear the sound current. You feel the movement of God's loving with you. That's called the sweet nectar of life. The Amritsar. Once you have tasted of that, as Rumi said, once you taste the wine of spirit, you will have no other. And you will crave it and you will go back for more. And that's the truth. And that's why many of you are here because you have tasted that sweet nectar and you want more. And being in a community, being together for a moment, listening to the teachers share is a way that we keep in alignment and in the flow of that loving so that we can go back and meditate and partake of that nectar once again. That is the, the manna that is written about at Exodus with the Jews wandering the desert. This is the manna. This is the Amritsar. This is the sweet nectar. This is the wine of eternal life. This is it. But it's up to you to go inside and find it for yourself. We can't hand it out to you. We can't tell you where to go buy it. I wish we could, that'd be a lot easier. (laughs) But we can share about it and inspire you and direct you and give you a certain direction to move that you might begin to awaken inside yourself and know the truth. And we wait for the day when we receive a letter, we get a call, We have somebody come up in a meeting and share with us a story of just that, the awakening, the true awakening inside. And like a little card I often enjoy looking at, a greeting card, where this woman is talking to her dog and telling her dog how much I love you and oh, I just will do anything for you and just tell me what you want and I'll get it for you. And the dog's looking up at her and is hearing blah, 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 blah. That's how it will be sometimes listening to us talk. You'll get up and you'll go out of here and you'll go, wow, that was a blah, blah, blah time but later those blah, blah, blahs will be full of meaning. And we know that. And it just takes time. Another little thing I'll share with you, and this is what a physical teacher, one of my first physical teachers of spirit, shared with me. He said, everything that I tell tell you I ask you not to throw it away. I ask you that if you don't understand or agree with what I share with you, don't throw it away, but put it up on a shelf somewhere in your consciousness to refer to later, so that that will always be available to you when it's time for you to partake of it. I'm gonna tell you a lot of things, and many of them will be confusing, Many of them you will not agree with because it's not time for you yet to understand, to know, or to live into that. But I ask you to put it up on a shelf in your consciousness so that you will have it there for you to reference to and to take back down and start using when it's time to. If you throw it away, then you're going to have to find somebody else who can share with you the same truth. And that's what I would ask of you. Don't throw away anything that is shared here. Yeah, you may not like it. You may not agree with it. It may be confusing. I don't understand. But put it up on a shelf anyway because there will be a day when all of a sudden you're going to go, oh my God, I remember he talked about that. And you'll pull it back down and go, I remember what he said. I remember why he said that. And now it'll make sense and you can begin to apply it. And that's why we put the talks online so that it's... you can refer to it. You can listen to it. And we have people that listen to just like five talks. Every day there's a talk that they listen to, but they listen to only five talks because those five talks talk to them. And then after a while, they move on to the next couple of talks. And those talks to them. And they are just growing exponentially as it, as it moves along. So allow yourself to have experience here. Do time with meditation every day. I don't care if it's five minutes or five hours. I don't care. But give yourself an opportunity to wake up to the truth of who you are. When you know the truth of who you are, you're going to be amazed. Amazed beyond words. And I, I really mean that. You will not be able to share the truth of what you experience in that amazing moment. But you will try your best to share it because it's just so wonderful. It is so powerful and it's so true and real. And you will know a greater truth of you. And nobody in this world can tell it to you, nobody if anybody tries to tell you something about this is your truth, this is who you are, I can tell you about that, walk away. Because they're only going to confuse you. Go inside and have your own experience. Go inside and discover for yourself the truth of your truths. And live that which is your truth, which is your essence, which is your loving, which is your soul, And that will be where you find your fulfillment.